beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I am thrilled to share with you not only a conversation with my friend Kendra Adachi, but also a peek into her lazy genius methods as she applies several of the principles from her upcoming book, The Lazy Genius Way, to me and some problems that I'm having with prioritizing my work tasks these days. I've known Kendra a while now. I've read her book already. It is amazing. And still, I was blown away by the insights that she brought to my concerns and to my mental spinouts. And when we were done recording this a few weeks ago, I just sat for a little bit and stared out the window, thinking about some of the breakthroughs that we had in just one conversation. That is how good of a lazy genius she is, being a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Before we get to the part of the episode where she lazy geniuses my problems, The first half of this show is dedicated to talking about work friendships because that is how Kendra and I primarily know each other. We're work friends. And I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how it's okay to narrow your definition of friendship, that being friends, even good friends, it doesn't have to look like what we were taught in elementary school. Adult friendships don't have to be all things to all people. So Kendra and I talk through our feelings on that. To find out more about Kendra Adachi, The Lazy Genius, go to thelazygeniuscollective.com. She's also on Instagram at The Lazy Genius. I know that you're going to want to pre-order her book that's out August 11th. She has three awesome pre-order incentives right now that you definitely want to get your hands on. You can find those at thelazygeniuscollective.com slash book. And now to my conversation with my friend, Kendra Adachi, the lazy genius. Kendra, my awesome friend, the literal lazy genius. I am so excited that you are on my show again, by the way. Welcome to 10 Things to Tell You. Thank you. You guys can't see. Laura 
her hands are in the air. I feel so special right now. The enthusiasm that is coming through with this introduction. I'm so happy to be here. This is super duper fun. Okay, so if the listeners do not know who you are, which I can't imagine they don't because I talk about you, I tag you, I reference you so often, but if someone is new around here, maybe, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and kind of tell us who you are and what you do? My name is Kendra Adachi. I am the literal lazy genius. I'm going to add that now. I'm the literal lazy genius. I host a podcast, the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm on Instagram a lot cooking chicken, planning meals, sharing music. And I have a book coming out, my first book called The Lazy Genius Way. (laughs) Wait, pause so I can squeal because it is so exciting. I wish every person interviewing me was as excited as you are. That would make the interview like such a breeze. So, so dreamy. Yeah, I have a book coming out. I'm super, super excited. So if you're unfamiliar with The Lazy Genius Way as a concept or the book, It is about being a genius. It's being a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't because we are just trying too hard at the wrong things. So I help people name what those things are, name what matters, and then put systems around what needs them. And I have used your systems in my real life pretty regularly, and you're going to do a lazy genius mythology on me in a little bit on this episode, which I'm super excited about because I legitimately need help in this area. And also tell us when your book comes out. This is important information. It comes out August the 11th, Tuesday, August the 11th. Does everyone know that all books come out on Tuesdays? I feel like this is such important information. All book releases are on Tuesdays. I'm pretty sure my audience does know that, but now we know that your book comes out on August 11th, Tuesday. And... (laughs) Because we still have a few blessed weeks before that big day, do you have pre-order incentives for anyone who might want to order this book in advance and get some bonuses before the actual book comes out in August? How lame if I said no. I was like, no, (laughs) you just just go order it. It's fine. Thanks. (laughs) How does one release a book without pre-order bonuses now? I just don't think it's allowed. I don't think you can do it anymore. But no, for real, I do actually. And I'm really excited about them because it's the full digital lazy genius library. So if you're impatient waiting for the book to come, you can dive into these four digital guides that I created. So there's the swap the Lazy Genius Guide to Decluttering for Life, the Meal Plan, the Lazy Genius Guide to Happy Dinners at Home, the Holiday Docket, the Lazy Genius Guide to Celebrating Well, and then a brand new one that's not been released ever called the Clean Slate, the Lazy Genius Guide to Keeping a Home. So they're all like digital PDFs. You can download them. You can print them out. They're step-by-step. They're all like paths A to Z of how to do these things the Lazy Genius way. So if you want to specifically Lazy Genius those four areas of your life, you can start now before the book even comes. And those are free when you pre-order, right? Super free. They're usually not free. They're usually sold for money uh, because this is our job, Laura, right? We are asserting this. People need to ask for money for the job. Just because you're your own boss doesn't mean you should not get paid. So um, yes, I do usually sell them, but they are a thank you for trusting me and the message and buying the book sight unseen, which is a big deal, especially for nonfiction books. I think especially in the self-help space, you feel like they're all kind of the same and it's a crapshoot. And so I just want to assure people it is not all the same. Perhaps it is a crapshoot because you don't know me, but maybe you can get to know me a little bit better by diving into those pre-order bonuses. So all of the information for everything regarding the book is at thelazygeniuscollective.com slash book. Amazing. And then, of course, as I always do, I will link to these things in the show notes of this episode. So you guys can always go to 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast for all the show notes for every episode. And I will put all of Kendra's links in there so that you won't miss a single thing. Okay, so one of the reasons that I'm extra excited about your book, Kendra, is not just because I really believe in the Lazy Genius Way. But because over the last year and a half, I have come to so deeply believe in you as a human, as a person, as a friend. And the reason that 
I've had that opportunity is because we are in a very small business mastermind group together. I give a whole episode, we did a whole episode that you jumped in on earlier in the year, episode 51, all about business masterminds and how people can create that. It doesn't have to be around a business, to be honest with you, around any kind of focused group that needs to help one another, to be resourced to one another, to be cheerleaders to one another. All of that is in that mastermind show that is episode 51. Anyway, I'm cheerleading your book so hard, Kendra, because you have just proven to be such a good friend. We're in such a great relationship. And before we get to you lazy geniusing my life, which will really be the highlight here. <laughs> I, I want to oh, talk we're, about... We're already doing life. We never said life before. <laughs> yes. We're just going to do the whole thing. We'll just lazy cheese your whole life. I love it. Yes. I hope you adequately prepared. Okay. So, <laughs> but I just want to touch a little bit more on the aspect of having a business friendship, having business besties, if you will. Because one of the things that I've taken from our friendship and from our mastermind that I really, really want people to understand because I genuinely don't think that I understood this myself until full on into my 30s was just about adult friendship that it doesn't have to be all the things all the time. So I feel like when I learned about friendship, you know, like from kindergarten on or whatever, you're taught some of the basics about like, you know, sharing and trustworthiness and like, being there for them and, you know, like friendship basics. And we're never really given permission along the way to be like, it's okay if your friend or this relationship only exists in a pretty narrow sphere. Because I've been guilty of, especially as I got into adulthood and you, I I have less friends in general. I have tons of acquaintances, literally hundreds of acquaintances. But as my like true core friendship circle narrowed down, I felt like all of those women had to be all of the things. And when I stumbled into this business group, and this isn't the first time I learned the lesson, but this is what we're going to talk about today. I realized like, oh, with these women who are amazing and strong and smart and thoughtful and funny, but we can just talk about work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think that's the thing that has surprised me the most is that like, I don't feel bad coming into our Voxer group because that's primarily the way that we all talk to each other is over Voxer. And then, you know, we'll meet again. Details are in episode 51, (laughs) like how we meet and all that kind of stuff, the rhythm. But I did not realize what a freedom it is to just jump into that Voxer group and skip pleasantries. Not like how, like Laura, how are your kids handling learning at home and how now it's not that I don't care about those things or if you shared them that I would not willingly and genuinely listen and care about them. But there is such a freedom of like, this is why we're here. Like we are here to come in and be like, y'all, I have this Instagram question and no one judges for the lack of pleasantries for the lack of hi, how are you? Even though we know we care and it's not like we don't ever again, say those things. There's just something really powerful about that being the the boundary that we all feel free to stay in. And I think it helps us be closer because we're not feeling badly and like getting in there and being like, okay, well, I have to, I have to touch base about something personal about every single person before I ask my question. No, we can just ask our question and then move on. And it's great. Exactly. And I feel like this has been super highlighted this past spring, you know, as the world turned upside down with coronavirus and a lot of political upheaval and all of these things. It has been an anchor for me, our group, to come in and talk about work, which is sort of just outside all of these things, so that I don't have to come in and be like acknowledging coronavirus and acknowledging the world. And then even when I had some really hard personal times, I don't want to talk about that either. And I don't have to. I don't have to like give an update. I don't have to. I can just come in and be like, yeah. Sometimes we might acknowledge it and be like, yes, this super awkward thing has happened personally in my life. But actually what I really need to talk to you guys about is my newsletter. (laughs) And and there's no judgment. No one is like, Laura, can we really focus on your feelings? First of all, nobody in our group would ever do that. But also people are like, 
yes, I understand that you, A, genuinely need to like troubleshoot this problem and B, that we are an escape from sort of regular lives and maybe our work life is the one thing that feels normal. And so we're going to plow ahead that way and talk that way. And it's just been so good for me also to release a certain amount of friendship obligation. And by that, I mean, you know, with your quote unquote regular friends, and I hope everyone realizes this is let through this conversation. We are regular friends. We do care about each other a ton. We do, in fact, talk about personal things when we need to and when it comes up. But we are also an exception to my daily friendships. And like, as an adult, it is sometimes hard to be in regular daily friendship. You have to remember like birthdays and thoughtfulness and oh, like crap, do I need to send flowers for this? Do I, have I checked in on this friend recently? You know, just friendship obligations. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of life. That's part of relationship. But because we are so narrowly focused in our relationship, I feel free of that. Like, I, of course, I will text you happy birthday, but also like if I didn't, that it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's like there's no expectation of any of us to be the first to know, except maybe with work stuff, because that's what we're there for. Like if I, I get some big get for my book, I'm going to 100% tell you guys first because it's like, you know, y'all. but at the same time, there's not an expectation for y'all that I do that. But especially for personal things, like I was thinking about, you know, if something really personal happens to you in a really beautiful way or in a really difficult way, like I was thinking about when your house was robbed, you didn't tell us right away. We weren't your first call. You know, like that's not what that was. And we didn't have the expectation of that. Like, even if I were to find out personal things about you, Laura, from Instagram, like if you told Instagram before you told me, I would think that is completely normal because that is not the point of the group. And I feel safe. You feel safe. We all feel safe to be of one focus and nothing else. And that leaves permission for the other, the everything else when it wants to come in, it can, but there is no expectation for that. You're right. It's like really, really easy to have that be there. And like you said, for it to be an es- almost an escape, but also like, but this is what I'm here for. We're here to talk about newsletters and Instagram and podcast editing and, you know, whatever it is and not feel bad about that, which gives permission for us to talk about whatever we need to whenever we want to without feeling bad about it. Right. I wouldn't say escape for me. I liked the word anchor because a lot of times work is, and this is an escape, so whatever, semantics, what are words? (laughs) But work is where I can be normal when nothing else is being normal. Like this is a thing. I know how it goes. I know how to do it. I know, you know, this is where I'm going to go to be productive which for me in my anxietiness, in my Enneagram oneness, being productive is the way that I judge my worthiness. And it, when I'm feeling unworthy or unmoored in my life, I have to do something productive. That's like one of my coping mechanisms. And so since that falls a lot of times under a work umbrella, that's where I can go when I need to be like, okay, I need to feel normal for a second. I'm going to talk to work people. And I feel like in some ways, I'm not, I feel like I'm maybe saying a lot of negative words when this, when I'm really trying to impart that this is a really positive thing for me. And a big, big positive thing about this is the opposite of what you were saying. Like we don't come to each other. We're not one another's first contact when a big personal thing happens, but you are my first contact when a work thing happens. And also I feel like no one else is cheering louder for my work than my work friends. So when I have your approval on something, like you handled that great, or I'm so excited for this aspect of your book, that to me is so much more exciting. And like, I'm so thrilled to have you say that versus like, a daily friend who is loving and wonderful and well-meaning, but they don't even understand anything about my work life, really. And so when they say, congratulations, I think, about the thing, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I got a 17% click-through rate. Isn't that amazing? And they're like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Right. But you guys would be like, oh, my gosh, let me send you a gift card. This is amazing. Right. 
Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's funny because when you said you feel like you're saying a lot of negative words about something that's positive. And honestly, I think that part of that is because, like you said in the beginning, we don't feel a lot of permission to let friendships be about specific things. So it's it the negativity is almost from a like a like an unknown, a place of of unknowing. Like, wait, how do you what do you mean you don't tell each other personal things? Well, we didn't say that. We still do, but not first. And if we don't, it's not a big deal. Like there are lots of things that happen in our lives personally that we don't share, but that doesn't mean that the friendship is not like real and true and deep and we don't care about each other. But I think that that doesn't get communicated. Like you said, in kindergarten, it's like, no, this is your friend and that's all you get. That's your definition (laughs) is this is your friend without any sort of distinction on what expectations are what that means. And, and I get to that. It's, it's tricky because a mastermind, like our group started with expectations, not every friendship group, not every friend coupling starts out that way, starts out like able to say out loud, these are our expectations. Or if you are in a relationship with someone and you have been for a while and the friendship has looked one way, and it started to shift and maybe it it's not an all around friend anymore. It's like, this is a friend that I stand with at the fence at school pickup. And that's all. What does that mean? But the tricky thing is like, if you have a certain level of expectation, but you feel like the other person doesn't, it can be hard to sort of know how to navigate that. So there is, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that our particular friendship group and any that resemble this, where you start out with a purpose, with an expectation, with a reason to gather, it is easier to continue moving in that single focusness of your friendship as opposed to just trying to like rename something that's already existed. It is a little bit trickier. So I do, I do feel like I want to acknowledge that to people who are like, but what about, what about, you know? Right. And it actually sort of bugs me when people on a show like this one that's really about like conversation and connection and stuff, I don't want to be presenting it like we have it figured out, you guys, and this is how to do it. (laughs) So that's like not my vibe about this. Why I want to keep talking about this, because we also touched on this aspect of it in the Mastermind episode. The reason I wanted to bring it up again is because literally the number one thing that I hear from listeners that they want me to talk more about or that they have a question about, truly the number one thing is about friendship and adult friendships. And a lot of times I think they're asking how to make good friends, how to deepen those relationships. Sometimes they're asking about how to navigate when a friendship changes. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of friendship questions out there, which, and I didn't mean for this to be a plug, but this is part of my book. (laughs) Anyway. We're talking about you, Kendra. But no, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because we don't talk about like, it's okay to just have your friendship be one thing and you can set it up that way or you can openly set the boundary that way or you can release yourself of obligation to whatever you've tangled up in your mind about that friendship has to be. And not only is it a release of obligation, it's... um very fulfilling, carving out all of the extra parts of friendship to get to just this narrow, focused relationship has been absolutely fulfilling to me in my life to be like, oh my gosh, these women will listen to me talk on a 15-minute Vox, literally 15 minutes. It's like a private podcast to them about my (laughs) work thing And sometimes I don't even expect an answer back or not, but I can see that they listen to it and then maybe they'll like give some brief acknowledgments they listen to it. And that is completely fulfilling to me. I do not have other friends who are going to listen to me drone on about some minuscule social media issue. They're just not. And I understand why they're not. And so now I'm trying to like fill this part of the conversation with positive words because it has been so fulfilling to me to have a narrow relationship. And I feel like that it's like that's the opposite message that we're usually getting. You're usually supposed to be like friendships are this all encompassing well of love or whatever. (laughs) So positive. It's been so positive in my life once I could compartmentalize relationships in a healthy way. 
obviously there are unhealthy ways to think about that, but what we're talking about is a, a way that has been really, really good for us. It's been good for my business, first of all. It's been good for my other friendships because I'm not putting, I'm not heaping expectations on them to listen to me rant about some work thing. And it's just been good because it's just been fun and fulfilling. Our mastermind friendship is very deep, very personal because, by the way, talking about work stuff sometimes is very vulnerable. I've said stuff to you about work that I wouldn't have said to anybody else. You know what I mean? Like it is very personal and intimate on that level, even though it's on the topic of work. And so it's just been such a positive in my life. And I'm just going to keep harping on it, both from a mastermind sense, from a friendship sense, just for people as they're trying to navigate relationship, and we all are, that sometimes you have to think outside the box that you've been living in, in terms of friendship. And, you know, and in order to do that, you have to have these conversations, which we're having. Here, here. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook, as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Okay, well, off mic, the things that you said to me about what you were struggling with that you wanted a lazy genius the most was work-life balance, which is everyone's favorite phrase. And we all keep saying it because we can't figure it out. So, so some of the things that you said, and I wrote them down and then I'll just, and we can just have a conversation. I'll ask you some questions. You said, you feel like I'm always putting out fires. It's hard to know what to prioritize. And it's tough to relax when I'm not working because there's so much work I could be doing. So those are the three things that you said. Do all three of those things still ring true or do you need to amend any of them? They all ring true, but I want to set up for the listeners just sort of like what, not what I mean by those three things. Those are the three main things that I do want to address, but like sort of, I'm going to just share really quickly like what the overarching issue is. Of course, when we're talking about this, people listening are just going to need to apply it to their own life and what it, wherever it is that they need to tweak some things to focus on to what matters. But for me, I'm just wearing a lot of hats in my work life 
So I have a weekly deadline for this podcast. I have big picture deadlines for a book. I have daily deadlines for social media, which feeds into the podcast and the book. And then I have just sort of side projects that are ongoing and fluctuate throughout the year. I love all of those things. I'm invested in all of those things. I do all of those things in my home. So my home space and my workspace are shared. And for a lot of my life, I actually really liked that and enjoyed that. And I was comfortable and I care a lot about my space. And so then I had control over my space. Being able to be at home gives me a lot of flexibility. But in the last six months, as my work has ramped up, frankly, I'm working a lot more than usual. And then, of course, coronavirus hit. And so my children were home all day, every day, you know, by the fall is going to have been six months of that. And so that is when I really started to realize, okay, I need to make some changes here. And but I'm just not sure I can't even think about how to make the changes. Because every day, which is the first problem, I guess, I'm always putting out fires. I'm just meeting the next deadline or fixing the thing that went wrong. Or, you know, I don't have a chance really to like, strategize or like have a long runway for a project. I'm always just like, do, 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 blah, blah. Now I'm momming. Now I'm doing. Okay, but I don't know. Okay, that's my like general long-winded explanation. But those three things that you just named are the more specific problems. That all makes total sense. And I think a lot of people can relate to that in certain ways. So just for context, because you've read the book, but no one else listening probably has. So... The idea behind The Lazy Genius Way is I do not want to give you a new list of things to do. I am not going to give you a seven-step morning routine or whatever the case may be because guess what? Our lives are different. You get to decide that for yourself. The book is 13 Principles that you can apply. It is a toolkit. And so as you were talking, a couple of the principles, a couple of the tools sort of came to mind. And we'll just, I'll just share some of them. We can kind of talk about them for a second. And then we can see what sort of light bulbs go off in you as we converse. Sound good? That sounds awesome. So the first thing that came to mind for you, because when you said you're putting out fires. So one of the principles in the book is called set house rules. House rules are sort of standing rules that you apply to a certain part of your life to keep fires from starting. Okay. So if you think about what in your work life, and that this is now a question, what is something in your work life that you feel like you're constantly having to put out? Is there a specific thing that's always on fire? Social media. Okay doing it, like doing it on time, staying on top of it, replying to people? What is it specifically? Not so much doing it, although maybe a little bit of like doing it. But also, it matters a lot to me to reply to people, you know, to be thoughtful in that reply. It just ends up taking so much time, Kendra. Like, I care about this aspect of this kind of work. And also, I'm on the gram for three hours a day sometimes? And what in the actual world? Like, it's not how I want to spend my time. I think it's affecting my posture and my eyesight. I'm not joking. Like, I just, this isn't how, (laughs) it's real. And this isn't, it's weird because I will talk myself back and forth. I do care about this part of it, this engagement part of it. And then be like, this is not what's important about this work. Like, I can literally argue both sides of it. And I just, and then the day, and then like half my work hours are gone. Right. Okay. So how about this then? This, these, are, these are suggestions. You, you are the boss of your life of this whole process. But these are some suggestions. How about a house rule of, I've got a couple. One, you don't post in your feed and your story at the same time or in the same day especially if your story post, because feeds, we expect comments, right? But especially if your story post is probably going to generate some feedback in your DMs. Okay, so that can be a very simple thing of like, if I post in my feed, I'm not really posting in my stories. Or if it is, it's just like a cute picture of my family, or it's something that has a link 
in it so that people can't automatically type in that comment box, you know, like you can sort of set that boundary so that you're not feeding conversation in both places in comments and DMs. So that's one. And then another is, cause you said it's like, it takes three hours or then half of my day is gone, but you can have a house rule to set the boundary of how much time you're going to spend. But you also can tell your Instagram followers that that is happening. So if you're doing a feed post and you know that people are going to comment and you are a conversation starter. That is the whole point here. And I imagine that probably complicates things because if that is like your whole, you're going first, you want people to share and then they share and you're like, sorry, time's up. Like that doesn't feel authentic to what you're inviting people to do. But at the same time, as your audience grows, as your content grows, as your business grows, this is only going to get worse, right? This feeling is only going to get worse as the audience gets bigger the time will not. And then the stress will just multiply. And so another house rule you could have is in your feed posts. And it might, you know, it might feel clunky. You can, you're a great writer, so you can word it in the best way. But you could actually put in there, I would love to hear from you. And I would love to respond to you. I am going to be here in these comments for the next 75 minutes. I look forward to talking to you. And so then you ha- you're setting yourself up with the expectation and the people who are following you with that expectation. So then they can see if they post, but you don't respond to them, that you're not ignoring them. You don't feel that either because you already set up the rule for yourself. And then when the time is up for you, the time is up for you and the fire's out. Fires for that kind of thing happen because we just like haven't set... It's like we don't have a fireplace. It's like we're, we're lighting a bonfire in the middle of the yard. There's no boundary. So house rules give you a boundary. So those are two house rule ideas for you. What are you thinking at this point? I'm thinking about the part where you said this is only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to get – no, no. How about this? It's I only going to feel worse if you if you don't – create good boundaries for yourself. And I don't mean good. That's not the right wording. No, 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 no. Because that feels shaming to me. And I don't mean for it to be. I mean, like for you to you're, you're doing the right thing. You're paying attention to where your energy is going. Right now, your energy is going to social media. That's where your fires are. So we need to we need to put up pavers and bricks and stack them so that the fire burns and the energy is there in a good way. It is productive energy. It's energy that you pull up to, with marshmallows in front of. It's not energy that you're like, where are the buckets? Everything's going to burn. Like you are in charge of this and you get to create rules that make it feel like it's not out of control. Yeah, you're totally right. And I, I do think it is a mindset thing for me because social media in general, this isn't all fires, but it is my main fire, is complicated by that I enjoy it, first of all. I mean, I enjoy it a lot. And so that affects that I don't have so much self-discipline around it because I like it. Like, it's amazing how much self-discipline I have around the tasks that I hate, you know, (laughs) but because I, I like it, I get something out of those conversations. I like seeing what other people are posting, like all the reasons that we know that social media is actually addictive to our brain. I fall prey to like every single day. And then I blame it on work a little bit. You know what I mean? And so I'm hearing what you're saying about like, set the boundary around it in a, like a lot of this is a mindset thing and that's not like an actual problem. I mean, it's a problem in so much that I needed to work with it, but it's not like this isn't insurmountable. This isn't something I, you know, this is like something I need to be more, I know this is a buzzword. I don't care. This is a wonderful word. I need to be more intentional about it instead of just well, like I, opening up my Instagram every time I'm bored or have right. a minute or whatever. And that's what I was going to say. That was actually another suggestion for you is another principle in the book is to build the right routines. And we often think about routines being like step one, step two, step three. You know, you're going through these things. But really, if you think about it, routines are on ramps and off ramps to specific things. So when you're doing work, 
It's not about sitting down in the same chair and using the same pen and drinking out of the same coffee mug. That is not necessarily going to get you into the mindset that you need. What if you didn't sleep well the night before? What if you are in a fight with your spouse? What if the world is on fire? So instead, what the routine is there for is for you to set yourself up for whatever on-ramp, off-ramp you need. And you can ask yourself that question every single day. The routine is asking, what do I need right now? Or what do I need as I'm leaving right now? That's really your routine. And maybe that's coupled with coffee and music and being outside or whatever it is. But really, the routine is asking what you need. And then I think specifically, it sounds like maybe, Laura, what you need and what you're already really, really good at when you said intentional is actually to set intentions. Maybe when you are going into Instagram in order to answer messages, comments, in order to answer comments, that you speak an intention into that space and that time. And like, I am going in here to invite people to share their stuff. What a gift this is. And you set your timer for however long it's going to be. And when that timer goes off, you do that again and you are grateful for the intention you set and the time you spent and then you walk away. So it's that's that's your routine. That's like your Instagram social media interaction routine. And again, it's not like you can do that. You're you're a rock star at intentions. Maybe you just haven't I don't know if you do that already, but if, no, if you don't. are, maybe you need to do a new one because it sounds like it's not working. <laughs> No, I don't. And But it's funny because you know me so well also to know that I do set intentions in other areas of my life and I love a timer. Like these are two things that exactly. I... You're, you can do this today, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. How do you feel? I feel like, I don't know if this is the right answer, but I feel like I need to sit with some of my social media addiction and that I'm getting as we're talking about this and I did not even know we were going to a talk about this aspect at all I had no idea and did not know I was going to take this tangent <laughs> but as I'm thinking I was thinking about it thinking applying the boundaries and thinking why this is hard for me and I realized that I just get I've been getting some affirmation on social media that feeds my ego and I had an inkling of that maybe last week, sort of recently. And then, of course, you know what I did when I had that inkling? I immediately pushed that away. I stuffed that down. Well, of course. Of course (laughs) Obviously. Of course you did. And now that we're talking about this in a conversation I didn't expect, I'm like, oh, yeah, I am looking for something in my social media feed that I'm not getting somewhere else right now. And... It's not just about work and it's not just about boredom and it's not just about screen addiction. It is actually a little bit deeper than I was anticipating it to be. And yeah, like I need to go be honest with myself about that a little bit because I can do these actionable steps. I can set a timer. I can set an intention. And the reason I haven't is is something else. You know what I mean? Which totally. I wonder. I wonder how much you – get that from people or how every single time every single time really single time yes every time it's never what the person thinks it is this is why and this is why I love what you do and what I do like they hold hands so beautifully because you need to have conversations you need to have conversations about things and you give such great prompts about like asking yourself these things or whatever but when you're moving not whatever like that sounded dismissive. Like I knew, it, I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> but then the difficulty is taking what maybe comes out of those conversations and knowing how to apply them to our schedule or knowing like how we're going to live with those things in a really practical way. Because like you said, you didn't expect this to happen, but you still have to be on social media. It's part of your job. You can't just like stop and be like, well, that's, that's difficult for me. So I'm just not going to do it anymore. And that is part of why I wrote the lazy genius way is there is way too much all or nothing. There are too many people thinking all or nothing. It's one or the other. It's try hard or give up. Those are your only options. If you can't figure this out, Laura, if it feels like everything's burning, then you dump water on it and you walk away and you never look at it again. 
But that's not an option for most of us. We live sort of like it might be until we can't survive anymore. And then we swing back the other way. And so this always happens in every single conversation of lazy genius, something every single time. And that's why I love these principles. Okay. I love all of that. What's the next, what was my next problem? (laughs) Well, you, (laughs) you said I was putting out fires, but then the next thing was it's hard to know what to prioritize. And it sounds like those two things probably hold hands because if you're focusing on fires, you actually don't have the vision to see what is essential. That's another principle is to essentialize. What can I do? What's the one thing that if I get this thing done in this work time and then I walk away or someone calls me, something changes and interrupts that I'm still like, all right, that was good. I feel good about that. But if you're, if you're cloudy from the smoke of the fires, you, it's harder to see that. Definitely. It's harder to see that when I have brain fog from like stumbling out of a social media stupor for real. But yeah. also, I, there are ways of I don't know when to prioritize that don't have anything to do with social media. So like, I just want to ask you, you also meet a weekly deadline for your podcast and a bigger picture deadlines for books or projects or whatever. So I do sometimes struggle with, I mean, I've never missed a deadline. So like I do end up getting it done, but like maybe not in the best rhythm because I meet the immediate deadline because it has to be met. And the bigger picture deadline, I don't know when to work on those things. Like, I don't know. That's kind of a confusing question. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, when, when do you do that? No, that how do you, me. how do you yeah. build that in? Are you batch working or how do you even think about, how should I think about it in terms of, should I set mini deadlines? I don't know. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, dot com and use code you y-o-u what do you think there are a couple things that come to mind one is so one of the principles is to let people in and that can be like friendships and stuff that can also be like you need to hire somebody to help you do stuff because we can't do everything we just can't do everything and there is an expectation in sort of like female entrepreneur land that you can do all these things and there is like almost a strange shame sometimes in, in hiring people to help, like hiring a house cleaner, hiring a babysitter, hiring an assistant, you know, whatever it is. Now, I don't think that you necessarily feel that shame and maybe not everybody who's listening does. <laughs> what? But Why would you something. say that, Kendra, about me? <laughs> no, I didn't quite mean it. I didn't quite mean it as snarky as it came out. I apologize for that. No, <laughs> I just mean like there is there is this strange thing of like, well, I can do it. Or like maybe even Laura, because I know that you do have a house cleaner and you do have, you know, like before school and all this stuff, you have help with a lot of things. And so sometimes even that you're, you can tell yourself general, you one might tell themselves, I can't get help for another thing. I already have help for all these, these things. I've let people into these other spaces. I should be able to manage this. When you hear that word should back away slowly, because that is not a voice of affirmation in your life. And you don't need that. You don't need that, you guys. So it's kind of like, you can get more help than you already have. There's not a limit on help that you can have. Do you think Joanna Gaines 
runs all that stuff and she's milking her own cows and she has 17 <laughs> children and wallpaper and runs that bakery on her own. She employs the entire town of Waco to do that. Do we see the town of Waco doing that? Super no. We do not. We do not. But we think like, well, Joanna can do it. No, she can't. She can't. I don't care how pretty she is. She can't. So you never can have too much help. You can never let too many people in to helping you with what you need. So that's one piece of it. It's like when it's foggy and all the things, it could be, this is how it is with me. It could be that your energy, your giftings just don't go with some of the things on your plate that just make, make things foggy and like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Or they're distracting from the work that actually gives you joy. And so instead of like powering through figure out a way that you can let someone else in to help take those things off your plate so you don't feel like you're powering through. Okay, that is helpful. And I will say, and I'm revealing this to you over this podcast episode, I have not even told our business besties this yet. (gasps) Jamie's gonna be so mad. (laughs) After I just said in the first half, like, we're, we don't have expectations about anything. We're not upset about each other about anything. And then I'm like, James Grove is so mad. No, continue. The reason I haven't told, I haven't told anybody, um, and I'm about to tell you here publicly, but no, the reason that I haven't shared it is, is has everything to do with me and nothing to do with anyone else. But I'm going to say it because it's so relevant. I actually hired an assistant this spring that has been... Good job, Laura. (laughs) That has been helping me. And it's very new still as we record this. And this will air a few weeks after we're recording it. But we're still new. And even in the new, like we're still in the first 30 days of working together. She has helped me so much, not only like, actually with tasks, which she has been a rock star at, but the mental part of what we're talking about with for me to be able to just say to her, here's the deadline on this, here's the thing, has been very helpful to me to, even if even if we're talking through work that I'm going to do, she has been a sounding board already of me saying like, this is what's all on my plate. I'm going to try and do this on Tuesday so that we can get this up on Friday, whatever. I'm literally verbally processing at her in a way that I really haven't been able to do in really specific ways about my actual work, like, I honestly, I could pay her just to like, listen to me talk it out. It has been enormously helpful to me to just share the emotional burden. You know how they talk about moms and women and whatever carry this emotional labor in their homes? And I completely believe that and am that. I didn't realize how much emotional labor, like mental labor that I was taking on about my work and I would swirl out about it. I was just keeping all these things in my head all the time. I mean, I write stuff down, but you know what I mean? So like being able to say to her, like just vomit out to her, this is all that's going on. This is everything I'm thinking about. And sometimes she reflects back what I just said. Sometimes she gives an opinion. Again, these are early days, but I swear to God, I'm literally like sleeping better at night, having spoken out on Voxer, my task list. That is pretty much entirely a mental thing, you know, and and I've just been really surprised by it. I've actually shared that with her too, even of like, oh my gosh, thank you for just like letting, being this person for me right now. I didn't even know I needed this person. And you know, there's another, there's another principle in the book, put everything in its place. Now, most in that chapter is about your stuff, you know, like it really is about helping you with your stuff. But what didn't quite have enough space, but I feel like I can bring up here is there is also such intense power in putting stuff in your head in its proper place, whether that is in a journal, whether that is in the ear of someone else who will catch it and organize it and put it in the right list for you, whether it is like, you know, people do morning pages, people, my, my uh, counselor was like, I want you to go for a walk. I want you to talk into your headphones or whatever and record it. Like do a voice memo to yourself and then delete it at the end. But because I am the same way, I'm like a verbal processor. Most of the time, I don't realize that I am feeling 
100% of the responsibility when I'm only actually responsible for like 12% maybe, but I'm still carrying the bulk of that until I start to say it out loud. Really just the saying it often does a huge huge number on my soul in a good way. And so there is great value in like putting things in their place and keeping everything swirling in your head is not a good place for anyone. So that can come out in lots of ways. And that, that comes down to asking yourself, like, what is your own energy? Are you a verbal processor? Are you an internal processor? Do you have the more of an ability to speak out loud in the beginning of the day or at the end of the day? Do you need it to be a conversation, a back and forth on the phone? Or is it helpful for you to just sort of like out 15 minutes and then feel better? You know, like to start to ask yourself those questions so that you can put those swirly thoughts in the right place. Because once they're in the right place, they lose their power. If they stay in your head, then you have a hard time knowing what to prioritize. You don't have to be in crisis to let someone into what's going on with you. You don't have to be in crisis to ask for help. It doesn't have to be a crisis because crisis is relative. I say this in the book that like you don't feel bad asking a friend to watch your kids if you're taking your dad to chemo. But you do feel bad asking your friend to watch your kids if you're just really tired and you need to take a nap. You feel bad because that's not a crisis. But it's like, no, guys, we have to start putting these things where they belong, saying the words out loud like you are to your assistant or saying them into your voice memo. Another actually bonus, another house rule for you might be because this is one of mine. When I start to feel the need to buy a new planner or create a new organizational system, I do a voice memo first. Because usually Wait. just like saying the words and I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. I just Wait, I don't need a new you, planner. <laughs> are you saying that because you know that I just bought like people's $27 courses on how to organize your life? And I did not. I did not know that. But you know what? Sometimes sometimes we need to buy the course to tell us that we care about it. And then we don't take the course because we realize we're okay without it. It's fine. Someone just made $27 and they'll be good. Maybe there's good stuff in there, but no, like we do that. You know, we just, that's the swing big thing. You know, it's like you give up or try hard. It's like, I can't figure this out. So I'm going to buy a planner in June. You don't need to do that. You probably just need to tell someone that you're stressed out and let them say, that's really hard. And you're like, thank you. And then you're kind of mostly fine. Like, it's yes. fine. Totally. Okay, what was my last problem? I already forgot. It was just like, that. it's tough to relax. Here's the thing is if you, if we were to talk about that specifically, which we could, but really, I would rather you spend time on thinking about that social media piece naming the power of having your assistant and saying stuff out loud, maybe trying that voice memo thing and seeing how you feel. Because if you think about it, once you put boundaries around those fires, once you start to put those thoughts in the right place, of course you're going to have an easier time relaxing because your brain isn't like working, working in overdrive to like, I need to get more done. Things are happening. And so there is such a freedom of just doing one thing at a time, starting small, You don't have to have a list of 17 things to accomplish the system. You're going to just burn out again. So just do what makes sense right now and then pay attention. And in a few days, in a couple of weeks, ask again, like, is there something else I could do to make this better? Yeah. I think what I, why I mentioned that one to you when we were voxing before this episode was because was really tied to life circumstances right now, which is that my children are home all the time. And so it has been like hard for me to relax when I could be doing work stuff because it's all the same space. Or sometimes now in an immense amount of family time, it's hard for me to be holed up in my office for hours doing work stuff when I could be spending time with my kids. That is not actually something I wrestle with most of the time because I have this clear delineation. I work when they're at school or not in the house. And and it hasn't been that hard for me, really. I have a dedicated home office, which I know not everyone does. And so I am able to like sort of have more compartmentalized work lifetime. But I mean, we were at home together, literally just the four of us, like most of the nation for 11 weeks. And it did get really hard. And And now we're in summer, you know? And so it has gotten really hard for me to be like, we are 
always working and always together. And both of those things are happening all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it c- brings to mind another. I love it when this happens. It brings to mind another principle, which is to live in your season. And what we tend to do is we try and fit one season into the shape of another. You know, we try to fit a square season into a round season hole. And we are all very much in like an on fire season hole. Like it's just we tr- we are trying to copy what was working before. Like you said, this wasn't really an issue before because you had delineation. Well, now you really don't the same. And so that doesn't mean that you can't try and think of creative ways of like, okay, my door is locked from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I cannot wait to hang out with everybody from 12 until whatever. You know, like you set those lines. There's no reason that you can't be proactive in setting those lines. But to also be realistic with ourselves, we live in seasons. We can't always manufacture the way life looked one way into another stage. I remember I get so many DMs from young moms, especially and they're like, I can't get the laundry done. I can't, I can't get anything done. And I'm like, well, yeah, you have an eight week old. Like you can't expect to live that you, this is not the season for that. Now, does that mean that you can't like be grateful when the laundry is done or you can't be excited when you find a, a trick that saves you some time? Of course not. But the foundation hacks are stupid. Hacks are like going down a lazy river, but the, the inner tube is, does not have any air in it. And you're just holding on to it and going really, really fast. And you think that that hack is saving you. No, it's, it's not. It's not. What gives you kind of the, the foundation are remembering things like, this is a season. I'm going to be kind to myself right now because I am living in a season that's really, really tricky and hard. And it's not always going to be this way. And that doesn't mean that I don't engage in the emotion and the difficulty and the grief and whatever is happening in the season, but it doesn't have to own me. It doesn't have to set the trajectory here. It's just, it's part of the story and I'm going to release my expectation that I'm going to make my life look like a life from six months ago. It's just not that way. And again, semantics are important perspective is important. If you just tell yourself like, all right, all right, like we're all in the house together, but our lists haven't really changed. I'm trying to work like I'm still going to the office for eight hours. It's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. So just let it go and do the best you can with what you have. Be honest about how you're feeling about it and just live in your season. Okay. Can't you guys see that she's like a literal (laughs) lazy genius? Thanks, friend. I feel like I'm walking away from this conversation. I'm just going to sit and stare out the window for a few minutes and be like, yeah, all of that. That's good. Thank you for taking so much time with me today, for telling us about your book, for showing us your methods. I really, really think that you are doing such important work with women especially and just like letting people focus on what matters, giving people permission to sort of understand their own lives and and to do it differently maybe than the world is telling them. And I just appreciate you so much. And I know so many others do too. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me on your show today. It's been such a delight. Remind everyone where they can go pre-order your book and get the bonuses and find out more about you. Everything book related is at thelazygeniuscollective.com slash book. And then I also have a mailing list and they get all the information all the time. I send out one newsletter a month and then there are options within that newsletter. If you want to hear more about the book or if you want to hear more about anything else, you can give me permission for that because I just don't like to fill people's inboxes with what they don't ask for. Um, But you can go to thelazygeniuscollective.com slash join to get on the newsletter list. You won't really miss anything there. And then I'm on Instagram a lot at the lazy genius cooking chicken and such. Oh my gosh, change your life chicken. We didn't even mention it. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) I will put a link in the show notes to kind of like Kendra's Hallmark. I mean, before this book comes out, and that will be her real legacy. But in the past few years, it has been her change your life chicken recipe. You must try it. It is a staple 
I'll link to it in the show notes. And then, of course, you can find it on her channels as well. But love it, Kendra. I loved having you here. Thank you. It was great being here, friend. And you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.